Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Today, we'll see how Jesus is our perfect high priest because only He can fully represent God and display His holiness, glory, beauty, and authority. Only He can offer the final and perfect sacrifice needed to offer us forgiveness. Three of Cheryl's message titled, Such a High Priest. He was representing the Lord so that he would not forget the sacredness of his duty. He had a turban of pure fine linen with a pure gold band that was engraved holiness to the Lord. In other words, his thoughts were to be dedicated to God and he was to remember that the purpose of his life was to please God. When Aaron was given these garments, Moses told him that they were for glory and beauty, to show to the people the sanctity and holiness of serving God. But they were also to represent the glory and beauty of God. The high priest represented God to the people, God's holiness, God's glory, God's beauty, but also God's separateness. No one could wear these garments but the high priest. No one else was allowed to wear these kingly royal garments but the high priest. And he was only allowed to wear them when he was in the temple or the tabernacle doing the service of the Lord. He could not wear those garments among the people um, in the streets to go to the market to go to the butcher. He couldn't wear those garments in his own home. He could only wear those garments when he was serving in the temple or tabernacle. He had oversight of all that pertained to the tabernacle or to the temple. He was in charge of everything. He was in charge of the purity of the vessels, making sure they were cleansed the right way, of the upkeep, of the temple and the temple vessels and the furniture in the temple. He was in charge of the sanctity, making sure no unclean person or unclean animal was given to the tabernacle or in the temple or tabernacle. And the priest's job was never done. There were no chairs in the tabernacle or the temple signifying that the entire time The high priest could never sit down because his job was never done. Because there is always a sin to be covered. There was always something to do, either for the temple or for the people. He had oversight of the sacrifices. Sometimes he participated in them, but mainly he just watched the other Levites and put certain Levites in charge of sacrifices. So he had oversight of the daily sacrifices. Two lambs a day, one in the morning, 
and one at night. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, sin offerings, guilt offerings, fellowship offering. He had oversight of the Levites and priests, those who offered the sacrifices. He had oversight of the law of God. He was to be in charge of making sure that the people knew the word of God and were taught the word of God. He was also in charge of enforcement of the feast and celebrations of the Lord to make sure they weren't missed and that they were done the right way and that the right sacrifices were carried out at the right feasts. And he was in charge of all the rituals at the feasts. He also had oversight of seeing lepers that were cleansed were to go to the high priest. They were to show themselves to the high priest. So he was in charge of cleansed lepers, cleansed houses, and ritual cleansings. Interesting enough, in the Old Testament, the high priest never had to exercise this because the only person who was ever cleansed of leprosy in the Old Testament besides uh, Mary and Moses' sister, was a Gentile, Naaman, the Gentile, only person. But in the New Testament, do you remember when Jesus said, go show yourself to the high priest every time he cleansed the leper? Go show yourself to the high priest. Go show yourself to the high priest. Do you know what happened? The high priest is like, oh, wait, I know there's something written about what I'm supposed to do. And as he had to take those two birds, and I won't go into it because it's kind of gory, He had to wring the neck of one. And I won't tell you the rest because it's really gory, but he had to do this whole ritual over this cleansed leper and inspect him and verify that he was truly cleansed. And you know what he was knowing? Jesus did this. Jesus did this. Jesus just did what only the Messiah could do. No one else ever sent a cleansed leper to the high priest. This was never invoked before Jesus. He also made annual atonement for the nation. Now, this is something that only the high priest could do. On Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, once a year, and this feast proceeds or goes before the Feast of Tabernacles, the high priest would have to offer a sacrifice for himself. And this This um, offering took place on the brazen or bronze altar outside of the temple or that had been outside of the tabernacle in the courtyard. And he would offer first a sacrifice for his sins, his own sins. And then he would offer a sacrifice for the people. And he would take the blood of that sacrifice along with incense into the Holy of Holies just once a year. Only once a year could the high priest having been cleansed, go in and appear before God on behalf of the people. Now he took incense and the incense would obscure the Holy of Holies so he couldn't see anything. And it says that in Leviticus 16, that this was done so he would not die. Because even in his cleansed state, having offered a sacrifice, going in with the blood of the covenant, of the sacrifice had just made on behalf of the people, If he saw the Ark of the Covenant, if it wasn't obscured by the incense, he would die because it was such a holy place and he was still not righteous enough. There coming out, he was also to bless 
the people. Numbers 6, 23, 27, what is often called the ironic blessing, not ironic, ironic blessing, because it was to be practiced by the priest. And you know this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And it says this, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. The high priest was to bless the people. Now, there were problems with this priesthood. One, the priests were subject to sin. We see Zadok in 1 Kings 1.8, and he chooses the wrong side. Instead of siding with Solomon, the son of David, he sides with Adonijah. Another problem, Hilkiah, who was a priest during the time of Josiah, he lost the word of God. He didn't even know what the word of God said. It was completely lost and hidden in the temple. You've got during the reign of um, Ahaziah that he comes back and he pressures the priest to put um, a new altar in the courtyard, one that would be to a pagan god. And this priest cooperates with idolatry. During the time of Manasseh, the priests were so weak that they let Manasseh put in booths of perversion all over the temple courtyard. So the problem was the priests were subject to sin. They were weak. They were men. They buckled under pressure. But also they died because they were human. They took office according to heritage, not according to purity of heart or by an oath of God. And they often became derelict in their obligations. And the fact that a sacrifice had to be offered daily and then once a year for themselves showed their sinful nature and their weakness and the inability of the sacrifice itself to fully atone for the nation or people of Israel. But Jesus is the perfect priest. He is the perfect priest because his ordination is superior. It's by an oath of God, Psalm 110, 4. The great I am stated by an oath that he would not change, that he would not relent from. And he stated that there would be no other high priest that he would recognize or acknowledge but the priesthood of Melchizedek. God swore and he will not relent. He will not turn back. He will not change his mind. You are forever a priest after the order of Melchizedek. It's interesting to note that since AD 70, just some 20 or 30 years after the crucifixion of Jesus, the office of high priest was absolutely obliterated. For over 2,000 years, Israel has been without a high priest. There has been no sacrifice for sin. So either God failed his promises to Israel or Jesus is the great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. In 70 AD, the priests were killed. In fact, the high priests were killed by the Jews themselves, by the Saracens, which were Jews that carried knives. They were zealots that carried knives and they were so upset over the corruption that they saw in the priesthood that they fell even before Titus entered the city. They had killed the high priest. The genealogical records were burned and destroyed and the Jews were scattered. The temple itself was destroyed. There is no offering for sin left 
except the one that was offered once and for all by Jesus Christ. Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit of which the oil that anointed Aaron was only a type. In Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17, we see at his baptism that the Holy Spirit descended on him, anointing him like a dove landing on him. On the testimony of God speaking from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he was baptized. That was the ordination of Jesus. His work is superior. It gives us a better hope. Verse 21, the Old Testament sacrifices never brought anyone to God. No one could enter the Holy of Holies. No one could approach God. They just kept men from God's judgment against sin. But Jesus' covenant, Jesus' work, Jesus' high priest gives us access to God. We can draw near to God because of Jesus and we can call God Father. We not only can have access, we have bold access. We can go 24-7 to where even the high priest could, could not go. To a greater altar of which the earthly altar was only a type. To a greater throne room of which the Holy of Holies was only a type. His covenant is better. Verse 22. We're going to talk more about this in chapter 8. But his covenant is absolutely sure. It is purchased for us on the basis of what Jesus has done and not on the basis of what we do for Jesus. His reign is superior. Verse 23. Because he is unchanging, not subject to sin. He cannot die. He is eternal and he continues forever. His work is superior, verse 25. What he accomplished, the high priest could never accomplish. Priest could only cover for sin, but he is able to save to the uttermost. Absolutely. Thoroughly. There is no one too far gone from the availing power of Jesus' blood. No one. No one. No sinner out there is too far from Jesus. Jesus can save to the uttermost. His blood doesn't simply cover. It cleanses, transforms, eradicates sin, and emancipates the believer completely from the power of sin. It saves anyone who applies it. All those who come to God through him are saved to the uttermost, the uttermost. Verse 25, his intercession is superior. Why? Because it's constant. He ever lives to make intercession. It is passionate. He ever lives to make intercession. It's his cause. It's his purpose. It's his occupation. It's his joy to talk about you to the Father and say, Father, this one needs this and that and this and that. And aren't we delighted to give it to them? And I already paid for it. So let's send it to them right now. Isn't that amazing? This is his joy. This is what he loves to do. This is his pleasure to talk to God about your need. Not about your sin, but your need. Your need. 
Oh, Father, they need love right now. They need to know that they are loved. Oh, Father, they need to know that they're forgiven. Oh, Father, they need grace to make it through this trial. Oh, God, they need to know that your favor is upon them. Oh, God, they need friends. Oh, God, they need community. Oh, God, they need faith right now. Oh, God, they need provision. Lord, they need some finances. They need food. Oh, God. He knows what we have need of. It's passionate and it's potent. He is on the right hand, the most powerful place. He is on the right hand of God. God does not refuse the son. God delights in giving the son anything and everything he asks for. And the son asks for exactly what is right. It is protective. You have an advocate who is on the right hand of God. So he is asking for your protection. You are not alone. You are never alone. It is perfect. It is exactly what is needed for you, for this time, for this place, and for your future. Now, Jesus, going back as high priest, his person is superior to Aaron or any of the priests of Aaron. Verse 26, he is fitting for us. He is just what we need and everything we need in a high priest because he's holy. He's without sin. He cannot be corrupted. He cannot be tainted. He cannot be changed. He is harmless or he is safe. There are no ulterior or hidden motives with him. He is always for us. He is not, again, vindictive or violent or volatile or vengeful. I used to not be able to watch Green Acres. Some of you don't even know what Green Acres was, but it had uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor's sister. And I couldn't watch it because Eddie Albert, some of you don't even know that name, but he was so temperamental. He was always getting angry. I had a dad who was like this. I mean, I, my dad was always calm. And he said, Cheryl, only weak men lose control. And so what did I do? I married a man that's just like this. And I remember um, I, my dad asked me, why Brian? Why Brian, Cheryl? And I said, dad, I told you I wouldn't get married unless I found someone just like you. But I found someone just like you. I didn't think it was possible, but I found him. And then he was like, hmm, we'll see, we'll see. God's not vindictive. He's not violent. He's not volatile. You can't set him off by asking for the wrong thing in prayer. What did you say? What word did you use? He's not volatile or vengeful. How dare you let your phone go off while Cheryl's speaking? He's not like that. And then forget to turn it off or not be able to. I I can never find my purse. I mean, my phone in my purse. So it's ringing. And it's like, I know it's in there. By the time I get to it, the person has given up on me. I don't blame them. I give up on me too. God is not, Jesus is not arbitrary. I'll help you now because I feel like it. But I don't know if I'm going to feel like it tomorrow. No, he's not arbitrary. He is constant. He is not contradictory. 
He is absolutely sincere. He is undefiled, without sin, victorious over sin, undefiled. He always gained the victory over sin. Satan had nothing on him. He never gave in to sin. He never gave in to temptation. He is separate from sinners. He is royal, just like the priest wore the royal garments. He is greater than we are. He is the best of men. And he, perfect, he perfectly represented two men, God, the heart of God, the law of God, the will of God, the burden of God and the work of God. Jesus perfectly represented God to men and represented men to God. He is exalted and has become higher than the heavens. He has all authority. He has all power. He has all prestige. He is the perfect high priest, the ultimate high priest. Verses 27 and 28 of Hebrews 7. He did not need to offer a sacrifice for his own sins because he never sinned. He endured the whole human experience and never sinned. And yet he felt our pain. He lived our lives. He experienced our frustration and he was touched by our infirmities. And he has been perfected forever. He is forever the high priest we need. This is the great high priest that we have through Jesus, the Messiah. He is the mediator to God that we need. He is the one that can completely deal with our sins, eradicate, make us presentable to God, dress us in the right clothes for this occasion of going into the Holy of Holies. You can't wear that. You have to wear the robes of my righteousness. One that can completely reconcile us to God. One that can take us with him into the Holy of Holies. And he can look at the throne of God. And now we can look at the throne of God through Jesus and be saved. He has offered the only sacrifice that has availed, that has forgiven us and cleansed us completely from our sins. He has brokered the best covenant for us. He has done all the work. And now we only need believe in him and what he has done. And we have access to God. And he passionately intercedes for us, knowing what we need. He prays constantly for us. This is his occupation. This is his joy. This is his delight. He is for us. He is on our side. He wants the absolute best for us. And he communicates God's heart to us. He imparts God's person, God's presence, and God's purposes to us. Yes, this is the high priest we have in Jesus. Jesus alone is the high priest that still stands. Jesus alone is the high priest that God recognizes and accepts. Jesus is the only eternal high priest. He is the high priest we need. And we have such a high priest who is fitting for us. What we deeply eternally and constantly need is found in our high priest, Jesus. He is perfectly suited for us. He is all sufficient and his sufficiency covers all our deficiency. This is our high priest. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee 
and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is the name of the Lord. This is the name we carry. This is the blessing and our expectation, our certain hope because of Jesus, our high priest, not because of who we are, but because Jesus is grander, greater, and more glorious than we ever realized or never knew. The Old Testament sacrifices never brought anyone to God. They just kept men from God's judgment against sin. But because of Jesus' work as high priest, we have access to God. He is the mediator to God that we need and the one that can completely deal with and eradicate our sins and make us presentable to God. He has done all the work and all we have to do is believe in Him. As we do, we'll have full access to God and all the blessings and benefits as His children. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at the superiority of the new covenant as we continue our series, Our Great Faith in the Book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.